0: Hello and welcome to the grand return of the sports ball podcast. I'm Danny Black. I'm the owner of Baltimore sports collectibles and uh, took a little bit of a hiatus uh, from around the national and in the podcasting world. I think that's considered retirement. So maybe I'm the Tom Brady of uh, podcasting. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's not any good. I'm happily married. I love you, honey. Um, glad to be back i uh, been doing a lot of other podcasts and social media. You may have seen me around. Um, and I'm excited to announce that I've been writing a column for pressbox.com. Um, and they have a paper also in the Baltimore area. So you can read from anywhere. I uh, would also like to uh, welcome people who have never, never seen me before or don't know who I am. Uh, I work in the hobby as a, a consultant to several companies. I do private uh sales and brokering for high-end collectibles. If you have something to sell or buy, I can help you out. And, uh, I do a lot of front-facing content. They call it content creation podcasting. Um, I, I love the hobby. I'm just absolutely passionate about it and, uh, excited to be back. I'm going to try to keep these uh, pretty short, just, uh, give you something to listen to, uh, or watch. And, um, In a a small condensed period of time, I'll admit I'm stealing this from Dr. Beckett. And uh, I love listening to his uh, podcast on the ride to carpool in the morning. So I'm going to try to keep that uh, under that time limit as well. Uh, What are we going to be talking about? Well, uh, some shows will be just me rambling on. Um, I want to let you know for those watching, I spent a good five minutes deciding whether or not to do the second button on the polo. So uh, give me some feedback on that for future shows. These are the important things we'll cover. Uh, we are going to talk cards, of course. We're going to talk sports memorabilia, of course. But we're going to talk sports. Uh, we're going to have guests. Or we've got some fantastic guests lined up, actually, uh, booked through the next month or two. So uh, you're going to uh, hear from people, and you're going to see people that you definitely know and uh, opinions who we respect and uh, people who I really just want to ask some cool questions to. We're gonna talk about uh, news in the hobby. Uh, gonna certainly cover some of that today. And uh, every so often, I'm just gonna go on a rant and you know you can listen or you can go to the next episode. Um, today, I uh, wanna to talk about just kind of a summary of the hobby, uh, kind of the off season after the National. Uh, a lot of this has been covered, uh, I think in individual, but you know just kind of giving an overview of what's going on in my opinion. Uh, the National uh, was the end of July. And uh, Fanatics has been the biggest story, I think it's fair to say, in the hobby. Uh, For those of you who are not clear on the details, Fanatics is a very large company. They bought the rights to make cards for uh, MLB, NHL, and excuse me, not NHL, Upper Deck has that, and they're going to retain it for MLB, NFL, and NBA. The MLB license um, was going to kick in, I think, in a year or two, Um, so they actually acquired T.O.P.S. who had the license uh, outright. So Fanatics now owns T.O.P.S. and Fanatics will have the license for the NBA and the NFL in upcoming years. Uh, Panini has that license now. So there have been rumors of uh, some sort of Fanatics-Panini deal working together, professional relationship. Um, That's not really a secret rumor at this point. Everybody, I think, has been kind of waiting for that type of announcement. Um, but whether or not that happens, Fanatics will have NBA and NFL cards in a couple of years. Uh, some information you definitely want to know. Uh, part of the deal to get the licenses for the cards with the sports or the sports themselves have a financial interest in, in the card um, and licensing business of, Fanatic, of Fanatics. So if Fanatics makes money off the cards, the leagues do as well. So, uh, they're involved in that. And, and that's something that uh, they were not before. And Fanatics paid so much more for the license than Topps uh, or Panini have been paying um, something like 5 or 10x. I forget the exact number. Uh, so, so Fanatics is coming in. And in the hobby world, uh, it's really about how do you get the cards from the manufacturer into the hands of the consumer. The current model is Tops makes a card uh typically it goes to a distributor and then it goes to a card shop or a retail store uh fanatics has come in and they've uh, really uh, cut the contracts of their largest distributor and everybody wants to know what is their distribution model going to be their allocations how many boxes does each uh, card shop get and that's crucial not just because we all want to know where we're going to get our cards or will the cards cost more will they cost less by the way i i think they'll cost less because you cut out the distributor. Fanatics can make a little bit more money than previously charging the distributor. And Fanatics can sell it to the retail shop for less than the distributor because there's no middle margin. So I think Fanatics can make more money and the consumer can save some money. So that, that aside, uh, all, every card shop has their allocation or the amount of boxes or cases they're allowed to buy from a company or offered to buy from a company. There was a previous formula, previous relationships with the distributors, and a card shop could, let's say, guarantee they're gonna get $50,000 or $100,000 worth of uh, wholesale cards throughout the year. If the markup on those cards is 30%, 50%, 100%, and it depends on sets and boxes, A store can count on that. You're you're typically going to find your local card shop selling out of uh, sealed wax and sealed boxes. So if you're a card shop owner and you have a fixed cost and a fixed margin and a fixed uh, profit, it's easy to have a store, know your rent, know your margins, and you can kind of count on that to keep, uh, keep things going. Then you can sell singles and then you can sell online and, and you can increase your margins and and you'll see card shops have other things in the store, supplies, and memorabilia. But it, but it's that wax that kind of keeps the engine running um, and provides that income and covers salaries. So local card shops are rightfully scared, not knowing the answer to how much are they going to get? How, you know, what's their allocation and what are they going to pay? so when i was at the industry summit uh there was however many hundreds of dealers uh from around the country and the the fear of the, of the unknown not knowing uh, that allocation has everybody a little bit frozen right now uh, just kind of scared of their future uh, i've heard of a couple people just close up card shops opened up in the pandemic and the market's gone down and they don't know where their allocations are coming from um, and, and they've actually closed closed the card shop so uh, it, it it is the 800 pound gorilla, and the other thing that's going on right now is you're seeing uh, the the grading world uh, prices. I mean, gosh, does this change from from a couple of years ago? Uh, PSA, you know, a couple of years ago, completely shut down because they got too much business, and they reopened with very high pricing. Well, now you're seeing PSA, BGS, uh, SGC, CGS all lower their prices and. It's a fight to that 18 to $30 range, depending on which company and which service for uh, most of the entry level services. And everybody's calling it a fight of a fight to the bottom or a fight to lower the prices. Uh, I actually uh, have a little bit of a different perspective. Yes. They're, they're fighting each other for pricing. uh, But everybody kind of knows that, that the the return on their investment is going to be with PSA on most cards. Um, SGC for pre-war and, and some other stuff, but um, generally it's going to be PSA. So why are they fighting for prices and why are there all these companies fighting for space if they can't quite overtake uh, PSA anytime soon? Well, if you look at the current models and, and let's just look at uh, collectors from formerly collectors universe. So collectors has um, formed a relationship and they've purchased a number of companies. So collectors owns PSA, they own golden, uh, they owned uh card ladder and uh, they um, have, you know, now uh, with a relationship with PWCC in the vault. Um, so you're, you're seeing a vaulting service, a grading service, uh, the golden marketplace. Um, and that's, that, I call that an ecosystem. That's all under one roof. And so when you look at all these different vaults so you keep hearing about the eBay vault and they have a relationship uh, with CGC and, and, you know, they, they want you in their ecosystem. Once your cards are in the vault, um, it's hard to get them out cheaply and quickly. So if you keep it in the vault, you can sell it to somebody else in the vault. You can buy cards in the vault and you stay in their ecosystem. So I think the lower grading prices are really a loss leader. Um, you know, send the cards to us and, and keep it in the vault, no vault fees, you know, for however many years. And uh, I think the goal is there is to monetize the back end of it is you know make money on the transactions eventually there will be vault fees and if you ever take your cards out of a vault there are fees to take your cards out of the vault and oftentimes actually taxes on taking the cards out of the vault where you may not pay the taxes for the cards going into the vault just something i see developing i think it's going to be one of the bigger stories of 2023 um, are these ecosystems i think you're going to see more mergers and acquisitions uh, in the hobby, there's a lot of smart young uh, people who have entered and, and a lot of talented people with companies that are doing some amazing things. And uh, you're going to see some of the larger companies buy buy up this uh, brain power and talent and, and product. So uh, prices uh, may be a little rougher in 2023. Uh, if you've bought the a peak of the uh, pandemic market. Uh, it might be time to evaluate uh, liquidating some of those cards while you still can. Uh, I think the junk parallel era is going to come to an end. So uh, all that being said, I am very bullish on the, uh, the volume of, of transactions I expect in 2023, a normalization of prices and opportunity to buy. So all that I think is positive. Uh, but just uh, the ecosystems uh, and the fanatics, I think, are really going to be the dominating story. So all that being said, it's good to be back. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening for a little while. I'm going to try to try to do these as often as I can. And uh, like I said, we're going to have some guests on and uh, you're going to certainly uh, be able to participate. Please. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter at SportsBalt. That's uh, SportsBalt, short for Baltimore. And uh, feel free to send me a message, ask me a question, uh, and I will certainly respond on here. Please click like and subscribe. Uh, You know, no secret there's an algorithm behind this. And I uh, would love to talk to as many people as possible. So uh, feel free to uh, follow me on social, read my stuff at PressBox.com. And uh, good to be back.